Are you up to date on the ABCs of sales? And I'm not talking about Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross here. I'm talking about the real ABCs of selling. Learn all about it on today's show. Today in the studio, we have once again the icon himself, Mr. Drew Cameron. He's going to talk to you about the ABC of sales, and I'm not just talking about always be closing. Welcome, Mr. Drew Cameron. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Drew Cameron here with EGIA's Seizing the Summer Series. I'm going to continue my conversation with you about sales leadership to take advantage of those blue ocean opportunities that you're going to get this summer. And we're going to talk specifically today in follow-up to sales not being a numbers game, which we talked about in episode number one. In episode number two here, we're going to talk about creating a summer heat wave, the ABCs of sales. So let's go over to the whiteboard and take a look at about what we're talking about. Okay, so what are we talking about with the ABCs of sales? So if sales is not a numbers game, it's all about the ABCs. And I'm not talking about ABC like A, always B, B, C, closing, from the week Glen Gary, Glenn Ross, with Alec Baldwin. We're not talking about those ABCs. What we are talking specifically about is the ABCs of the activities and the behaviors and how you show up in your life, in your customer's life, in your company, and the things that you do to get the results. Because in the first episode, we, we actually took a deep dive in some, into the, some of the, the statistics. Easy for you to say, right? But we took a deep dive looking at the statistics. Well, as I said to you in episode one, the statistics are a result of the story that led to those statistics. So let's dive into what I'm talking about. A, attitude. You've got to show up with the right attitude. You've got to have an attitude of gratitude, as they say, grateful for the opportunity that you have to go out and see a customer. You get a lead, you have an opportunity to serve another human being and make a connection with another human being. But you've got to show up with the right attitude every day, every call. That comes from you. That comes from within. And so you need to work on that every day, work on your attitude. If something didn't go right on the last sales call, you've got to reset. You've got to become resilient. But attitude is what drives this whole engine. And so we always start the ABCs with attitude because it's the most important thing. You get to be a thermometer or a thermostat. The cool thing about being a thermostat is, is you set the temperature. You decide what happens. You are the catalyst for action in your life and in customers' lives and within your business. They say that nothing happens until uh, a salesperson makes a sale or until somebody sells something. But I would submit to you that nothing happens until somebody buys something, and it's usually from a salesperson. But they're only going to buy it from a salesperson if they connect with that salesperson. So you've got to be connect-worthy, and your attitude will determine whether or not you are or are not. Once you have the right attitude, then you can start to go into some of these other areas. Now, they're not in any list of uh, particular order, so we'll just drive through the ABCs as we go here. Activities and actions. What are the things that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis to become better at your craft? What do you think are, are you doing on a day-to-day -day basis to better serve your customers? What are you doing on a day-to-day -day basis to better serve your company and your coworkers? How are you showing up in people's lives uh, in a different, more compelling and impactful way? And so once you have what those activities and actions need to be to drive the results that we talked about in episode one, and you define what those best practices are within your business, within your company, depending on the scope of work of your job description as a salesperson, then you focus on doing those activities and those actions with consistency. We go back to talking about John Wooden, the winningest coach in uh, college basketball at the time. 
10, 10 NCAA championships, seven in a row, an 81.3% uh, winning percentage, yet never coached winning, didn't focus on winning. He got the outcome because of the execution of the right activities and actions on behalf of his team. He didn't have the emotional ups and downs of winning and losing. He says it wasn't conducive to executing game to game. If they lost a game, they'd come back and they'd be deflated for the next one. So he said, we'll just focus on our execution. That winning is always executing at the highest level, even if the scoreboard doesn't show that you won the game. Winning is the activities and the consistency of execution. So that's why these are so important. You then need to stay active. You need to stay active in the community. You need to stay active in people's lives. You need to stay active with the customers that you serve. Most salespeople make a sale and they never talk to a customer again. They don't even go out and visit with, with the customer to say thank you and verify that what they bought got done to the level that they promised in most cases, or even deliver a thank you gift. But you need to stay active with the people that you serve. You need to stay active within your community. I think you should also be active within a, a, a best practices group where you're getting information, knowledge, and expertise shared with you so that you can become, become a better version of yourself every day. But what else, are you, what else are you doing in your community to give back to your community? Maybe you're involved with the, uh, the JCs or the, the Qantas Group or the Lions Club or the Rotary Club or, or some type of community outreach program where you go, can go out into the community and make an impact in people's lives. Because as you're doing this, you're branding yourself and you're branding yourself to the community that a guy or a gal from ABC Air is active in the community. And that's how you're going to drive activities. Because then they come back to you for the activities that you do in your job because you're active in the community. So you need to get active and stay active. Alignment. When you go out and you work with a customer, you need to get in alignment. Customers want to work with people that understand them, that, that hear what they're saying and, and feel what they're feeling. Basically empathetic, if you will. So you align yourself with your customer. You're not at odds with your customer trying to get a, a sale. You can't, you can't, as I teach in the sales class, you can't look at this customer as some dragon you have to go out and slay. You have to look at the customer with soft eyes and empathize where, with them where they are and where they want to go with their life and get in alignment with them. Because when you're in alignment with your customer and you go with your customer, it's easier to go with the flow than trying to get a result back and, you know, back and forth. Maybe they don't want you to get the result. You're trying to get a sale, they're trying to hold you off. And so they become combative. When you get in alignment, you get in flow. Academics, what are you doing to learn about the craft? What are you doing to uh, improve your knowledge and expertise about the industry, about your craft of sales and communication? Not just what you do, but how you do it and why you do it. Because those are the most important things. Most salespeople get uh, one, you know, one week or one day or, or, or one class of sales training and they never go back. Are you reading books? Are you watching videos? Are you listening to podcasts? Uh, you know, do you get, subscribe to industry trade publications, electronic uh, or printed? Uh, do you get uh, newsletters from sales organizations? You know, what are you doing? Are you going to seminars? Uh, you know, doing a workshop on your own? What are you doing to get better every day? Because you need to evolve and adjust and adapt every day so that you can execute at a higher level. And it's the academics, the studying. You're not going to get better at the game while you're playing the game. Okay? The best golfers on the planet can't change their, their swing in the middle of the Masters if it's not working for them. 
they're going to have to wait until they take a break between the uh, matches and the tournaments and actually go work on their short game, their long game, their putting, off the, uh, the green and off the game, away from the game. The biggest gains you're going to get are going to be when you're not playing the game. Acceleration. What are you doing to time compress what it is that you do do for customers? How you serve customers? How can you increase the speed of service you know, to customers? Customers need the right information to make a good decision. I'm not saying shortchange that. I'm not even suggesting virtual sales calls. Don't go there. Virtual sales calls take away information from customers. They don't allow you to help educate the customer, teach them how to buy and where value is. But what I'm talking about is are there tools, are there resources that you could use to time compress the process by getting the information to the customer's hands? Maybe a little bit before you ever get to the house, maybe a little bit early on in the sales process. Then uh, when you go ahead and do a load calculation, do you have a tool that makes it, it quick and easy and time compresses the process of doing a load calculation, of doing an airflow analysis, of doing an indoor air quality analysis, of doing energy calculations, and then of course sharing findings and options with customers. So do you have that? that's working for you. What are you doing to accelerate and time compress things so you can better serve the customer? Amplitude. Amplitude is your potential. That's your ability to be the best version of yourself and get the highest level of results. Whether that be total volume, closing ratio, average ticket, so forth and so on. Just because you've hit a certain number doesn't mean that's your amplitude. Your amplitude is comprised of many things. Yes, it's comprised of the, uh, of the statistics such as connection ratio, average ticket, revenue per lead, so forth and so on. But you can change your amplitude if you change your academics because you can do more when you know more. Because you can't do more than you know. You can't exceed your knowledge level. It's impossible. So if I increase your capacity of knowledge and expertise, I increase your ability. Academics increases your amplitude. It's interesting because my business partner and I, Russ Horrocks, who many of you know from some of the classes that he's taught and seen him on some of these video series, we talk about amplitude all the time. Amplitude is what people call potential. Well, I look at people's potential and I see that they have more potential probably than they see in themselves because I know they're not working hard enough. First off, not everybody is doing all that they know. Most people operate up to about 70 to 80 percent of what they know. And so that would be the equivalent of you executing at 100% because you're never going to operate all the way up to everything that you know. So how do I increase your ability? Well, increase your knowledge and then I can increase your capacity and your output. And so amplitude can be changed by the academics, the work and efforts that you're going to put in when you're not on the sales calls. And it's usually far greater than what you'll set for yourself which is why I don't let salespeople set their own goals. I work with a salesperson to set their own standards. And then out of the standards come the goals, but it's all based off their amplitude, their true potential as a human being, because I focus on them as a being before I focus on them in their role as a salesperson. Meaning I focus on the human before I focus on the salesperson. And then lastly, aspiration. I'm not saying these are all the A's, but you get the idea. If, if we focus in on these things, we can drive a human being to be a better version of themselves and get better results. Aspiration basically says that you aspire to be something greater than what you are. And we should, like in Star Trek, to boldly go where no one has gone before. You should aspire to achieve a certain metric in your life. And I'm not saying just in sales, but 
you should uh, aspire to be a better version of who you, who you were yesterday. Not 10%. How about just 1% better every day? If you, if you improved uh, in your life 1% every day, and you actually improved 1% every day in, let's say, four areas of your life, if you focused on your body, taking better care of yourself, sleeping, eating, exercising, so forth and so on. If you, if you did 1% better every day on, on taking care of your body, what would that mean for your life? Being. If you focus on feeding your brain with the right information, good books, good seminars, good uh, podcasts, good videos, so forth and so on, to become a better version of yourself, get more connected with who you are as a human being, and maybe even spiritually with who you are, right? 1% there. Aspire to be better there. So you got your body and your being. What about your bonds, your relationships? If you could improve your relationships with your children and your significant other, or those that you work with, as well as with your customers, if you could improve the bonds in your life that you have, 1% every day, what would that mean? And lastly, your business. If you could improve how you execute in your business on a day-to-day -day basis by 1%, as an individual, okay, and every individual on the team did that, Think about that. 1% in four areas of your life. Not much to ask. Easy to do. As Weldon says, easier not to do. But you should aspire to be a better version of yourself every day. So when you go to bed tonight, you think about, what did I learn today? You know, who did I become today? And who will that prepare me to be tomorrow? And what can I accomplish tomorrow? And wake up tomorrow 1% better. So those are the A's. Let's take a look at the B's. There's fewer of them, and the reason I did that for this exercise is, is to, to really get you to focus in on the first one, the being. You as a human being, you're not a human doing, you're a human being first. You were born to be a human being, so you need to be. And the state of being is a challenge for most people because everybody wants to know what they need to do. At first, you need to be. You need to be present. You need to become the best version of yourself, as I talked about down here, with aspiration. So how can you become the best human being that you can possibly be? And then be present when you're with somebody. So when you're with a customer, you need to be present. You can't be thinking about the last call. You can't be thinking about the next call. You can't be thinking about what happened at home this morning or yesterday. You can't think about getting you know, yelled at by the boss earlier at the office or something like that. You can't worry about the last lead that you didn't uh, win, so forth and so on. You need to be present for the people that you're serving. As they say, your presence is a gift. But you first and foremost need to be present for yourself. What happens is most people wake up every day by default, not by design. They wake up to an alarm clock, not an opportunity clock. They wake up thinking about what they have to do. In fact, most people don't even wake up and take care of themselves first. Most people wake up and it's right to with the kids, you know, thing number one or right with their significant other, or right with the pets. Okay, so you're not even in your own place. You're not even taking care of yourself and setting your head right and setting that thermostat. Because you are either that thermostat or a thermometer, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. A thermostat determines what happens. It makes stuff happen. A thermostat is reactive, powerless to change anything. It is responding and reacting to its environment, powerless to change anything. Chaotic, if you really think about it. Right? And if you start your day because you know, the kids got up early or the dog got up early or uh, you know, uh, the significant other got up early or wasn't in a great mood or something happened, you're, you're in, 
you're into life by default, not by design. So what this means is getting up a little bit earlier, not jumping into your cell phone, not watching the news or reading the newspaper or turning on the radio or, so, uh, or something like that. But what can you do for yourself to take con control and take charge from the moment you wake up and kind of set your intentions for the day, right? Maybe you got to wake up an hour earlier. Maybe you got to wake up 15 minutes earlier. Maybe you start with a book. Maybe you start with reading the Bible. Some people do that. Maybe a journal. I'm not talking about going out and exercising or doing anything. I'm talking about getting this right first, right? Set the intention for the day. And if you do that, everything else kind of falls into alignment for the day because you're in control. You're into life by design, not by default. So it's the state of being and who are you as a human being and making sure that you're going to be and be present in the moment from the moment you wake up. And then we can go out and interact with other beings, right? We have other beings that we deal with. Our kids, our significant other, our pets, our coworkers, our customers, the community. Because we, we serve other beings and we have to acknowledge that. We don't sell things, we serve humans. And if we focus in on these two things and you see the importance of the human connection, you will see the meaning of life. Because that's the highest calling in life that there is, is the service of others and impacting others' lives. So we are beings connecting with beings and we need to focus in on these two, okay? And then, once we are focused in properly, we, we execute the behaviors. You can adapt, adjust, and execute as you need to, have the right behaviors to drive the right results. We talked about activities over here, but activities done consistently become behaviors. They become habits. And that's what we want to have happen. These become just routines. We, don't, we're, we kind of do them on autopilot. They're very intuitive to us because they are our natural behaviors. Sometimes you have bad behaviors, bad habits. They need to be changed out. But don't worry about the doing until you got the being down. Start with the being and then we can worry about the doing because that's basically how life rolls. And we'll talk about, more about that a little bit later. Right? The one thing you definitely got to get rid of, especially salespeople, because I know them from walking uh, with them around the United States, all over the country for many, many years, love them, right? But you got to get rid of the BS stories and excuses that you tell yourselves and tell other people as to why you don't get the results that you should get, right? You guys got all kinds of stories and excuses as to why you aren't successful. But at the end of the day, you don't make sales for one reason and one reason only. It's you, okay? You can point the finger all that you want, but there's three pointing right back at you. That thought is the problem. That thought is saying that the issue's out there. It's him or her, it's the competition, it's the weather, it's the economy, it's the Republicans, it's the Democrats, it's the, the competition, the pricing, the marketing, so forth and so on. No, those are just BS stories and excuses you tell yourself. It's not true. And it's chaos, and it leaves you vulnerable to not being successful. Because only you can change it. You are 100% responsible for the, for the mess of success of your life, and only you can change it because only you're the one, you're the only one who really truly cares about it. So you have to change that. And then the BPO. The BPO is a term that Russ and I talk about in the sales training. So if you get an opportunity to come through the sales training, we talk about the, achieving the best possible outcome. The best possible outcome for the customer. That's what your focus should be. That's where the intent is when you're in sales is what is the best possible outcome for this customer and how can I help them get there? Now, you may think, I may think the best possible outcome is them doing business with our company. I agree, more often than not. 
but not always, right? We're not right for everybody. But if we believe that we can help customers achieve the, their best possible outcome, and even if that's not with us, that proves our intent to the customer. And that's powerful. When you take your focus off the agenda of getting sales, as I said in the first segment, and you focus on getting the customer their best possible outcome, they're going to be happy. They're going to see that you're, you're, you're in alignment with them because that's what they want. They want the best possible outcome for themselves, their family, their home, their bank account. And when they see a salesperson that's aligned with that, that's the person that they ultimately want to do a connection with, which we'll talk about when we get to the C's. But make sure you're focused on the best possible outcome of serving customers, not selling customers. All right? Let's look at the C's. So the C's, again, in no specific order, character. Not surprising, I did list that first, right? Because that ties right into the being. Are you a person of character and integrity? Russ and I talk about in the sales training, focusing on building the position of trust. We don't build relationships in sales. We don't have enough time to build a, a true relationship with somebody. But what we have the time to do is establish a position of trust, the POT. We want to establish the position of trust with a customer. We want to secure pot, right? Secure pot, possess pot, never smoke the pot. I don't care what state you live in. It might be legal in some areas of the country. We just don't smoke pot in the sales process. Because you smoke the pot, the game is over. You don't get any sales, right? So you have to be that person of character and integrity that is trust-giving and trustworthy. Your job is to get and share the truth with customers, not to get the sale. If you focus on getting and sharing the truth with customers, you'll get the results. Back to the John Wooden thing. Let's not focus on winning. Let's focus on building a position of trust. Because if we can get to trust, odds are we can get to connection. All right? So make sure that your state of being is one of a character beyond reproach. Number two, you've got to have a conscience. Right? Care about people, think about people, do the right things. Okay? Having a conscience is doing the right things, even though you could possibly get away with the wrong, with the wrong thing. But have a conscience. Creation. Your job is to be a master creator. You are a creator of opportunities with customers. When you go out to meet with people, your job is to create a solution, create a connection, create an understanding, create confidence. You are a master creator. And you need to realize that, that you're a very powerful uh, creator in what it is that you do as a salesperson. Because you build that bridge between the customer, okay, possibly a prospect that's never done business with your company before, and the possibility of them doing business with your company. And if they do business with your company, now the people inside have work to do. The installers have work to do. The service technicians have repairs to do on equipment at some point in time. The, uh, the maintenance technicians have the ability to maintain the equipment, right? But when you create that connection with a customer, you make sure that everybody on the team eats. And so you gotta focus on your ability to create. And if you focus not only on your ability, but your obligation and the need for you to do it, because if you don't, no one else eats, then you'll, you'll weigh in on the opportunities at a much higher level. You'll focus in on being the person that you need to be to serve the people to get, you know, to get the results that you need so that everybody in the company survives and thrives. Connection. You are a creator of the connection with the customer. Connection is what we go for. We go to connect with people. If I try and close a customer, they sense a salesperson. They might, it doesn't matter that my sales card, uh, my business card might say, 
comfort advisor or home comfort expert, they know I'm a salesperson. I know I'm a salesperson. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sales is an honorable job. As I said, no one eats unless we go ahead and make a connection with a customer to do business with us. But don't focus in on the closing, focus in on the connection. And if we get connected, now you'll have the confidence to work with me. You'll have the confidence to work with my company and my team and get the results that you want. Because you'll see that my intentions are to serve you, not to sell you. From connection, it's contribution. If I can contribute to their, li their life in some meaningful way, you know, how can I do that? Because that's, that drives connection, having a, you know, being able to contribute to people's lives. I not only want to contribute to the lives of the customers that I service, but I also want to be able to contribute to the lives of my coworkers and my team. You know, what's to say you're not a great salesperson? Can't you build the next one on your team? You, you have a lot of knowledge and expertise that you, can, can that you can share and can contribute to somebody else's life so that they, they now can contribute to the team and the effort. But you've got to focus in on contribution. And what are you doing to contribute to your coworkers' lives? What are you also doing to contribute to your, your family's lives? And I'm not talking about the job and bringing home a paycheck. Are you making an impactful contribution in the lives of your kids and significant other? Are you making an impact and contribution to the community? And what are you doing there? What ways are you giving back? Not just money, but time. Show up. Be present for the, for the people in your community. Communication. This is where you need to be excellent. You need to improve your ability to communicate effectively with others. Now, we teach this and how to do this in the sales training that we have at EJIA in the live classes. But communication is something that requires effort and skill. Going back to the academics, you need to study people and psychology and communication twice as much as you study product and services. Because if I can't communicate uh, product and services effectively, it doesn't matter how knowledgeable I am about those things. Quite frankly, what you come to find out in communication is most customers don't care about those things. They, they need to understand how is that going to contribute to their life. And you need to find a way to be able to communicate you know, that effectively to a homeowner. Collaboration. You have to go out there and know that you're great at what you do and you're there to serve and help people. But they want to be a part of this now, now more than ever. The, the millennial generation and the, uh, what they call the Gen, uh, the Gen Z population, which is coming into the market now, those two groups together are the largest segment of the buying population right now. The baby boomers have kind of moved on. Some of them have, have unfortunately, have passed on. Uh, Gen Xers like myself, we're the smallest buying segment out there. But the Millennials and the Gen Zs have the largest concentration of the, the buying population and soon will have the largest concentration of wealth. They're kind of displacing the baby boomers there. And they want to be part of the process. It's why restaurants like Zoe's Kitchen or Chipotle and, and such, Noodles and Company, have come, on, uh, have come online. Why? What does that mean? Because I don't just get a meal that was crafted for me. I get to actually craft the meal myself. I get to decide what the meal looks like. I'm part of the process. I understand the why behind what I'm doing because I want to be part of that. Here's the interesting thing about the collaborative uh, process at Chipotle and Zoe's Kitchen and Noodles and Company is that it was the millennial generation that drove those restaurants into existence. But I'm a Gen Xer and there's some baby boomers and we all get to experience it. And now we like it too. And so we all get to collaborate. So collaboration is important now more than ever. 
in the past, back when my father was driving the business, John H. Cameron and Sons, people expected him to show up and just say, do this. And unfortunately, fast forward to today, a lot of contractors are basically still playing the legacy game of sales. And it's archaic. They go out there and they type up a, a proposal, okay, and they put two to four options on the proposal for the customer to consider. Meanwhile, they've already eliminated some of the options for the customer to consider. That's not your right. Customers get to choose. And so I don't have them up on the board, but the words choose and consider are two other C words that are important in sales. Because it's the customer's right to choose and their sense of control, another C word, that are most prized to the customer. Sense of control and right to choose. And my job is to share information with them that's in alignment with taking care of that and with what they want and allowing them choices to consider so that they can make the choice that's right for them. And I collaborate with them. I don't remove options from consideration. I present them in an investment guide and so they can see everything, much like going to a restaurant. How hungry are you and what do you feel like eating? I, as the wait person, don't determine your check. You do. I just shared with you a menu of choices, much like going to a restaurant. So that's how you can get into alignment with a customer, is stop generating proposals. You create a sales agreement once you have agreement with a customer, but up to that point, it's a collaborative process. And they want to know that they have a say in it, that you just didn't inflict what you want to sell to them. Consistency. We talked about being consistent in your activities and your behaviors. You've got to be consistent every day. You've got to show up every day. You've got to set that thermostat every morning, every day, and get out there and be consistent in your execution process. If things aren't working, then you adapt and you adjust and you execute, again, consistently. You focus on your consciousness. Consciousness is different than conscience. Conscience, obviously, is, is, is knowing that you have to do the right thing. Consciousness is, again, back to your state of being, your place in this universe your place in relationship to the people that you're serving. What, what is your role when you go out there? How do you have to adapt to the people that you're going out to serve? Are you aware? Because when you go into the home, there's usually four, bio, uh, four communication or social styles, if you will. There's amiable, there's expressive, there's driver, and there's analytical. And having a state of consciousness, knowing who I am and being confident in my ability to interact with people, I understand how I have to adapt to my audience because I have an awareness of who I am. You need to be aware of who you are. Competence. We talked about that over here with the academics. Yes, you have to keep increasing them, but you also have to apply them when you go into the house. The position of trust that we talked about uh, a little bit earlier is built off of three things. It's the customer's perception of your intent. Do you have an agenda to serve them or to sell them? So that's number one. Number two is their customer's perception of your competence. Do I see you as someone who's got knowledge and expertise and is applying it you know, for my best interests? And then number three is the capacity to trust. The capacity to trust is established long before you ever get to the house with a customer. They have their capacity to trust. They might be a very low trusting individual or they might just be very low trusting in this particular transaction. They may be a very high trusting person normally but when it comes to a salesperson, they may lower that. Most salespeople, uh, excuse me, most customers are somewhat skeptical of the car buying process, right? 
it gives, unfortunately, all of us salespeople a bad name out there in many cases. But you may go in there may, being a very high trusting person normally, but you may have a very low capacity to trust when you go to a sales deal, a car dealership to buy a car because you don't want to feel like you're getting sold and manipulated. Now, if the salesperson shows up and honors the capacity of trust and proceeds slowly and makes sure that I warm up to them first, as well as sharing good information at the right time that's in alignment with what I'm, I'm wanting to do, I will see them as competent. But great information at the wrong time that's not in alignment with what I want to do could actually backfire on you and burn down the position of trust. So it might be, it might be all fact. It might be all true. It might, it might be all good information. But if it doesn't apply to me, I don't see you as competence. In fact, I see you as manipulative. So be very careful about how you use your knowledge and expertise. Customers are not impressed by how much you know. They're actually more impressed by how much you care and help them understand what they need to know. Teach them how to buy and where value comes from. And we talked about that in the previous episode. Confidence. And we got a typo or right-o, if you will. We're going to add an E there. Confidence. I have to be humbly confident in my role. My role is to go out and serve people, help people. I know what I know. I'm not cocky. I'm not arrogant. I'm not conceited. But I am humbly confident that I am the best solution for these people. They're lucky that I'm here because I don't think anybody else in the marketplace is going to take care of them. I know nobody else in the marketplace is going to take care of them to the level that I'm going to and my team is going to take care of them. I know I've got the, you know, the quality of craftsmanship in spades beyond anybody else, the level of customer care and service beyond anybody else, you know, the, the, the level of uh, quality products, the scope of work in which we do things and how we take care of people. And so I know that. I have that confidence. I don't waver from that. But I, gotta, I can't go out and just say all that to the customer either. I have to allow that information to flow through communication in a nice uh, warm fashion so that they embrace my confidence. Because confidence breeds confidence. And so if they see me as being humbly confident and able to help and able to serve with their best interest in, in mind, then they're going to connect with me because confidence breeds connection as well. Creativity. What we found in LinkedIn, uh, which is the online social media uh, business site, kind of uh, to Facebook, if you will, uh, is creativity is the number one thing employers now search for when hiring somebody. Because they want somebody who can get creative in, in coming up with new ideas, reimagine the way we do business, maybe reimagine the way we connect with customers. But creativity, you've got to be creative. When you go out on a call, you can't see everything as a nail and you're a hammer. You've got to go out there and be creative. What else could it be? What else do I need to see? What am I not seeing? What, what might the customer be telling me or not telling me? And when I go out there, I can get very creative with my solutions. In fact, I would want to get so creative with my solutions, I want to give them something I know they probably will say no to. But I want them to know that or realize that I at least thought about it. I considered every possibility. I didn't just share with them what I thought they should hear. I didn't just share with them information about my products and services exclusively. I shared with them everything that I found out that was going on with their house, whether I do that work or not. So for example, you may not do insulation, but we all know that insulation determines the load calculation in the house. And so we need to reduce the load before we produce the BTUs 
to heat and cool the house. And if I go into the attic and they got like three inches of insulation, well, I know that's no good. Okay? In most cases, they should have R49 uh, in most areas of the country. And so I may not do insulation, but I should at least make them aware that they could highly benefit from adding insulation to the attic. In fact, it's going to be the biggest and the best return on the investment. Air sealing and insulation are always the best thing that a customer can do. And if they can reduce the lube, uh, load before they produce the BTUs, they can buy a, a smaller machine, which would also cost less, and it would also le eat less energy. That, again, looking out for the customer and the best possible outcome. It's in alignment with who they are. Now, they may not go out and buy the installation, but you know what? They'll be grateful that you made them aware. And again, that creates alignment, that creates connection, that creates contribution, because you're contributing to the lives in other areas, areas that you don't serve. And that also, again, proves your intent. And that's what we want to focus in on. It also proves your competence. So getting creative and coming up with ideas that you know they won't do, but don't, don't take it away from consideration. Right? Because again, what do I prize more than anything as a consumer? My sense of control and my right to choose. So let me decide to say no to the biggest and best thing. Don't make that decision for me. But also, don't take away an entry-level product either, because maybe I want that. But get creative in offering of your, create, uh, creative in crafting your solutions, but also offering them. Caring. I got a sense that you care. People say about sincerity, fake it till you make it, no. People, People can read you. They, they actually have that thermostat, that sixth sense, if you will, to, to read you. I, I kind of equate it to a drop of blood in an ocean of water. A shark can smell a drop of blood in an ocean of water a mile away, and it will sense prey, and it will seek it out and kill it. And customers like that too. If they don't sense, uh, sense that you're sincere, you're done. You have burned the position of trust. You smoked the pot. Game over for you. So, you got to show customers that you care, that you genuinely and sincerely care and want to help if you can. I can't help everybody, and not everybody wants my help, and that's okay. But I want people to know that I truly and sincerely care and want to help if I can. And like I said, that can't be in a transaction. That's why you have to show up after the job is done and, and be grateful, thankful to, with the customer. Community. I got to create a sense of community amongst my customers. I got to keep them involved with me on a regular basis. Why not have an open house as a company? Have them come in and learn about the company and learn about all the products and services you sell. You might be selling heating and air conditioning, but if your company does electrical or generators or plumbing and uh, security, uh, home automation, are your customers even aware that you do all this stuff? Most of the companies I go to, a lot of customers aren't aware of all the things that the company can do. And but you create a sense of community amongst your customers, you will create customers for life. You will create raving fans. Are you creating community within your, within your company? How are you connecting with those that you work with and serve with? And are you going out into the community, as we talked about a little bit earlier, and being a part of the community and showing up? Not only that, are you involved in any crucial causes? Charities. You don't have to just give money, you can give time to that. Are you making an impact in someone's life in a special way? but crucial causes that are important to you, important to your customers, and important to your company. I think the company should certainly get behind this. It, ha it shouldn't have to be a company initiative for you as a sales professional to get involved in crucial causes. You should do it because that's what you should do. That's what we all should do. Compelling. Now, I focused on this in Navigating Turbulent Times, and so if you haven't seen that episode, go back and watch the last episode of Navigating Turbulent Times that I did, and I talked about being compelling. 
You need to be compelling when meeting with customers. It's how that you show up being different, you feel different than anybody else they've ever dealt with in their life. It's how we take the products and services and we make them come to life and connect with the stories in the people's lives that we serve. It's not about the things, it's about the impact that they can have in their lives. It's about the emotional connections that, you know, that we make with our customers. It's how we, we connect our story to their story. That is what compelling is. So I highly suggest you go back and watch that episode of Navigating Turbulent Times. And then lastly, realize you are the cause of all your effects. So you don't like the results that you're getting, the, out, uh, the, uh, the outcomes, the sales, so forth. Only you can change it because you are the cause. Take ownership of this. You are the author of your book of life and only you can change it. And it starts with what do you know? If you don't know that, then you're, you're starting with the wrong problem because life is always about knowing first. We come from a place of knowledge. We develop knowledge as we, as, from the time we're born. We're, we're, we're constantly filling our brain with information. And knowledge that gets converted to wisdom gets acted upon. So knowledge and information are power. Wisdom is, because wisdom is something that you can convert to skill and do something with it. But you gotta know something before you can be something, right? So you gotta feed your brain on a constant basis with good information so that your state of being is one of strength, as we talked about here, and you focus in on that every day, from the moment you wake up. And then, once that, that thermostat is set, then you can do, you can go out and do some things. You can go out and create some you know, activities and behaviors and get some results. Because when we can do some stuff, then we can have some stuff. But you gotta do before you have. A lot of kids like to have before they do, right? But we have to realize, no, this is not a participation medal game. We have to actually do the work to get the results and then we can get some, some things for ourselves. So we now have some things, and then we should be again. What? You should be grateful. Once you get results, be grateful for the results that you get, even if they're not the results that you desire. Because when you put attitude of gratitude out into the world, it comes back to you. And once you're grateful, then you can give. Give back of the time and resources that you've been very fortunate to get into your life. And impact others. Give of your knowledge and your expertise. A candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. Just as metal sharpens metal, man sharpens man. Right? And so we want to give back to the people that we, can, you know, that we work with and those who have served us and those that we get to serve. And in, in, again, into the community and then repeat this process. Every day, all the time for the rest of your life. And so those are the ABCs of sales. Now I went above and beyond and gave you a little bit more value for your time here. All right? So D, D is design. Design the life that you want and then go out and do it. But you gotta design it. You've gotta start with the design. You can't get into life by default. There's a lot of companies that are in business by default. A lot of companies that are in brand by default. They haven't really uh, created an architecture for their company and for their life. Most people spend more time, as they say, planning a vacation than they do planning their life. But you wanna design your life, you wanna design your career, and then go out and do it. E, energy, emotional currency, and expansion. Well, you've gotta put the energy in every day. Everything happens with energy. The more energy you put in, the more you get out in life. Emotional currency. That's what we talked about in episode number one, is focusing in on the emotional currency. That's what makes you compelling, as we talked about a minute ago. It's the emotional currency that a customer is willing to spend. They will spend emotional currency before they spend U.S. currency. So when you connect to the emotional currency, they will then give you the U.S. currency. 
And we talked about that also in that last episode of Navigating Turbulent Times. And then that will allow you, the infusion of energy and connecting with emotional currency will allow the expansion of your sales performance, of your ability to generate results. Because it's all about expansion, capacity, enlarging the capacity that you have as a human being. Realizing that with this mindset and this focus and this framework that I've given you, that failure is impossible. You can't fail. There, in fact, there is no such thing as failure. You've never failed. You don't win or lose. You win or learn. Get the lesson. There's always a lesson. It's only a failure if you don't take the lesson and apply the lessons learned. So failure is impossible. Failure means I am possible. Because the only way you know, Colonel Sanders knew to, you know, how to go to the next one and then the next one and the next one is he got, kept getting no until he got the yes. Same with Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison didn't fail 10,000 times. Thomas Edison you know, realized you know, 10,000 ways not to invent a light bulb, the light filament. He only needed to find one that worked. But it was a process of trial and error. And sometimes you may have to go through some trial and error here to realize who you need to become for what's next. And yes, you will go through some headache and heartache in your life. Okay, since we got that out of the way, we know that's coming. When it happens to say, this was inevitable. What's this moment trying to teach me? What am I supposed to learn from it? How can I grow? Because growth is inevitable. If failure is impossible, that makes growth inevitable. You have to grow. You have to expand. That's what you were put on this planet to do, is grow and expand. Most of us end up fighting it or doing nothing about it. But if we embraced the opportunity to grow and expand, life would be a lot more fun, a lot, a lot more easy, a lot more enjoyable. And like I said a little bit ago, you can then be grateful, and you can give. A couple more G's to play off of, right? Have, H, you want to have things in your life? You want to have a better life? What are you willing to do to have that? Because you've got to have the right intent, I'll tell you that. If your intent is to sell, you can be successful doing that. But you'll, nowhere be, you'll be nowhere near as successful if your intent is to serve. and Give customers good information so they can make good decisions. I don't care what a customer does. I don't care what choice they make as long as they do it knowingly. Now I know I'm going to be the person that teaches them how to buy and where value comes from. And if I go out with that mindset, being a servant leader in their life, they're going to choose to buy from me more often than not. That's how Russ and I are able to get connection ratios with our clients above 50%. To get the average tickets to all-time highs to achieve record sales within the companies that we work with. And you can do it for yourself, but you've got to start with the right intent. Sales people used to be successful years ago, but the people who go out there now and are what I call buyer's guides, and they guide customers to make the best decision, even if that means not doing business with me, that's okay. Because they're going to think well of me and they'll probably still refer me. And when I do that, I can have the, the all-important eye, which is the impact. Because at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want to make an impact in people's lives. We want to make an impact in the people's lives that we serve, the people, people's lives that we work with, of course, in our own life and our, family li our family's life. But the only way we're going to do that is not to focus on the numbers. It's to focus on the ABCs. We love this special seizing the summer 
content, right? We do it every year. It's special content just for the summer. Now, if you like this content and you're not a member, you can get full access to the series right now by filling out the form on this page. This is powerful, powerful content that you can implement all summer long to maximize your profits and be prepared for the dreaded slow season. That's it for today, folks. We'll see you next week here on Cracking the Code. Until then, bye-bye for now.